Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. Look, you're going to decide last minute whether you want to go see the Bengals-Browns game on Sunday. You know you want to. But you're like, you know what? It's nice weather. Andy Dalton send-off game. I think I'll go. You can do it the last minute with Game Time. That's the best part of it. And now, Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. Then under the billing section, redeem code the Athletic. Once again, that's the Athletic. All one word for $10 off your first purchase. It's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick. Score last minute tickets. Ho, ho, Merry Christmas, Bengals fans. You've already received your gift. You've already, you've, you've already opened, you've opened it two days early. It scared the living daylights out of you, but now you realize it's a great gift. You've received your number one pick under the tree. You've got your, you've got your burrow. You're, now you're just playing. Now you're cuddling it. I'm Paul Dinner Jr. here with Jay Morrison of The Athletic. This is here that podcast growling Christmas edition. That's right. You go off and you take days off of work. You celebrate with your family. We record podcasts for you. How's that feel? Hey, I'm 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 getting ready to go to the stadium. This is a work day for me, so I <laughs> I, I appreciate anybody that's willing to listen today. I do appreciate. I, I like the idea of the Bengals fans getting a gift. That's it's kind of like like one of those things where you wrap up a box and the the box says. I don't know, socks or underwear or something like that. And you're like, oh, man. And then you open the box, and then it's actually something great inside. I mean, it, a they did get the crap. Four. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they did get the crap scared out of them uh, s- Sunday afternoon. But uh, every, everything worked out. It was it was a, a kind of a cruel little trick, but uh, everything worked out in the end. And then maybe Bengals fans can actually go back to cheering for the team on Sunday in Cleveland. Or at against Cleveland, potentially. Uh, I, I like to view it as like and this is actually a, a gift giving trope that I really like, and that is the like, well, either a the scavenger hunt, like you open the box and it gives you a clue to another place. I feel like this was like the worst scavenger hunted gift, where you open it and it says, "Okay, go check." In the shed, and you go in the shed, and there's just like maybe there was like a deer in there or something. And you're like, ah, and then you go in there, and there's it takes you to oh, go over here, and you go over here, and then you like you have to like maneuver around some landmines in the backyard. But eventually, you make it, and then once you once the Bengals fan finally makes it back to where they need to, it is the greatest gift of all that they wanted that they had written Santa for 150 times. Finally, was at it just. It was really kind of a scary, painful trip to land where they wanted to land. It's, I think, I, I think that's what it is. Hopefully no one's sending their, uh, children out into backyards of landmines. That was a little aggressive, but that's just kind of where I'm <laughs> trying to, trying to hammer this point home, if you follow me. 
I love that idea. That is actually how I proposed to my wife. I, I sent her on a little into a, into a backyard of landmines. No, no landmines. <laughs> but it was uh, it, there. Were, I had little clues all over the house, and you know, one was at the telephone, and one was in the bathtub, and now the, the rest of them are escaping me. But the at the end, it was like, all right, what do all these things have in common? They all had a ring, and then I gave her the ring, and and she was thrilled at the end because she got me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt, the best prize or of all. Or maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to give some gifts today, Jay, which I'm excited about. We uh, each have three Bengals-related gifts that we're going to give out uh, to people that we think need them, uh, and, and the perfect gifts that we can give to, to help people uh, on this team, in this franchise. We are going to – I get into this into TWIB this week, this week in Bengals, um, talking about you know we – the PFWA, our Pro Football Writers Association, we're writing, uh, we have Give Our Way Our MVP and Good Guy. Uh, we'll be voting on that this week. And so uh, the MVP conversation over the last month, as we've sort of brought it up a couple times, has been, oh, who do you even? Well, I, I have my definitive answer. I figured it out. And it brought me back to a question that we have d- gone into here a couple of times. I think in the off season we may have done one earlier in the year. I can't remember exactly when we've done it. I know we've done it. But this is a great time to break it back out, and that is the core five. What is who are the five core players that this team needs to build around as they as they look at the roster reset? Who are who's your five core players that you are starting with and then everything else goes from there? Uh we got of course some Christmas uh run passer booting to do. Uh, coming up, so lots of stuff to do. Let's let's dive into it. Are we ready? I am ready. And this this core five thing is really hard. I mean, you would think a roster with fifty three guys would be easy to pick a, a core five, but but man, there's there's a lot of dead weight on this roster as there's we're going to see. Of dead weight. <laughs> yes, it's gristle <laughs> heavy, if you will. Uh, it is. I mean, yeah, I mean it's. I literally wrote this in, in this week at Bengals, and that is, you know, the biggest part of the problem with this team is I just did a core five, and I put two guys on there who have never played a snap in the NFL. <laughs> <'Cause> that's, <laughs> I was like, that's, that's where this roster is at right now. So let's do it. So I, I have my MVP, and you can probably guess who it is because you know what I'm writing for tomorrow. Um, and I was I was on the fence. I wasn't quite sure. <clears throat> It's Tyler Boyd. Has I, to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mixon, I thought, was in play. But, you know, he's at 3.9 yards per carry. He had that whole half of the season um, that was so bad. And not partially – I mean, he's part of the run game. The line is bad, and it's easy to – you just want to blame them. Mixon ha- has a role in that too. Um, we have talked all year about how Tyler Boyd – I mean, he doesn't really have any help. He had no A.J. Green, had no John Ross for the majority mm-hmm. of the season. You had a bunch of guys that weren't really fast, able to stretch the field. Teams were just packing down the box and doubling up on Tyler Boyd. I mean, they were, you know, doing everything they could to make sure to take him away. And the fact that he is almost certainly going to cross a 1,000 yards, and that's incredible, right? And he's had some huge games and some huge plays in some games, even in the losses. Um, and, and, but it, to me, it's not, I mean, that's remarkable enough when you consider some of the issues around him. 
to me, I think it is the way he has gone about it. And that means when he's gotten mad, when he has called out Ryan Finley, when he has not talked to us, I love all of that stuff about him. I I love that he, it eats at him. It kills him when they don't win or he doesn't play well and when things aren't going their way. And he's also way overconfident, like to the point of hilarity. And it's and it's you need that. This team so badly needs that somebody who it matters to them so much. It eats at them to the point that they get aren't afraid to spout off and be mad after games. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're so overly confident to the point of cockiness about this team, about where the franchise can be going, about what they can do. And he's got big levels, right? That which just gets people all excited. That's exactly what this team needs. They need eight more of that guy. And that, to me, as much as what he's done on the field, is why I think he's established himself as the MVP. And no play showed that more than the spike on Sunday. And in case you missed it, after he catches that long ball down the field, he cramps up hard. You can see him on the ground in serious pain. They may have, I mean, Jay, you've had a cramp before, right? I mean, yeah, dude, it is it is debilitating. It is just totally debilitating. We see guys in, in basketball and stuff like that. They'll get a cramp and they can't even get back to the bench. And they're on the bench for like twelve minutes with someone just trying to massage it out. You know, Tyler Boyd had to get up or the game would end, or it would be a ten second runoff, and he just works himself up. And as soon as Andy Dalton spikes. He's, it kind of goes back down and gets over the sideline or whatever. That type of effort on a 1-13 team trying to pull off some sort of miracle comeback tells you all you need to know about Tyler Boyd, the player, Tyler Boyd, the person, Tyler Boyd, the person that, that this means so much to. And for all of those reasons, that long diatribe um, is, is why I'm with you. I, it's It was just so clear to me after that that this, this is the guy. And not only that, he's number one on my core five. Number one. Yeah, the the thing about that play at the end of the game, right before the spike, is the intelligence of it even more so than the the, the willingness to fight through the pain. And it is, yeah. When you have a cramp like that, it's not it's not just a mind over matter thing. Like your your leg, your wherever that cramp, it, it literally will not work. I mean, it's not a matter of just saying. Uh, I'm gonna fight through it. Sometimes you just can't. It, your your leg will not let you stand. You can't do what you need to do. And then just like I said, the intelligence to know that if if he stays down and they they stop play because he's injured, that's a 10 second runoff. That is game over. Now, what I like, Tyler Eifert came over and kind of helped him get up, and maybe Eifert mentioned it to him, but it, it looked like Tyler was trying to get up even before. Looked like Boyd was trying to get up even before Eifert got there. It was just a, a really heady play. And I agree with you on the MVP. Everything, all the intangibles off the field that you mentioned, but it, not just on the field not having help, but by not having that help, he's, he's, he's taking on a role that really he's not suit. I mean, he's, he's ideally a slot receiver. That's where he's at his best. And he's had to go outside and be an outside receiver with A.J. out, with John Ross out, and he's getting doubled all the time, and he's still putting up these numbers. Um, 
you know, Joe Mixon has had a great year, but he's he's done what they've asked him to do. He, he had to, you know, adjust a little bit when they ripped up the running game and, and, and kind of went in a different direction that you wrote about earlier. But but Tyler Boyd, I think his degree of difficulty is even greater than what Joe Mixon has done. And all those things you mentioned off the field. And then one, I, the overconfidence I love, We I always kind of chuckle, listen to Tyler talk, and then – the other thing, you, you, it was funny you said that you you really loved that when he didn't talk to us, and that that's never a good thing when a when a player won't talk. But you understood it that that one time. But I love Tyler makes up, Tyler Boyd makes up words. He he kind of mashes <laughs> words together. It kind of comes up with his own. For, and I love that. It's it's just uh, I don't know. As a journalism major, you know you're you're kind of married to the English language and, and you appreciate grammar and all that stuff. But I, I just love when he gets rolling, sometimes some crazy words come spouting out of his mouth and um, it just makes, he's just enjoyable to talk to. And he's, he's a real guy. He, there is, there is nothing fake about him. It, he's going to let you know exactly how he's feeling. And, and really as, as a reporter, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. He, he wears, he wears his emotions on his sleeve and, and he, and he doesn't yeah. hide the fact of how much this means to him. And, and in so many ways, in his game and in the way he carries himself, with a little bit less of the anger element to it, he reminds me of TJ Hushmanzada. I, I think he is their TJ. Yeah. The problem is he's played the last two years without their Chad. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's had to go out there and be TJ without Chad. And that's the frustrating part and why so much discussion has obviously surrounded A.J. Green and the idea of keeping A.J. Green. This offense and the danger element that it has when you have a guy that is what Tyler Boyd is with the A.J. Green across from him, it's just exponentially different. That is what makes it hard because teams can take one guy away, right? Bill mm-hmm. Belichick, yeah. I'm going to take away what you do best. I'm going to take your one guy away. Well, when you've got two, um, it's it's just different. And that's why it's so much uh you know is 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 impressive what he's done but you so much makes you wonder of what they can be if you have AJ Green and Tyler Boyd you know we talk a lot about how they don't have this team does not have and it's going to be apparent if you get into the core 5 now how many guys do they have that you would say are in the top 5 in their position in the NFL how many i would say mm. one one or two, I'd say two, at best, now, or potentially three, depending on how you view AJ Green. You're going to be a free agent, whatever. Take AJ out. You have Boyd. I'd say he's a t- he's top five slot receiver. I'm not calling him a top five receiver. He's a top yep. five slot receiver, and that's what his natural position is. That's where he plays most of the time. He's a top five slot receiver in the NFL. You have one. Joe Mixon, I would say, is probably in the conversation as a top five running back. Hell, Bill Belichick, in, a, in an attempt, I'm pretty sure, to try to bring him over to New England, <laughs> called him a top, maybe the best running back, probably the best running back in the league. I would, I would put it, I'd be comfortably putting him in the top five. That's yeah, it. some people might scoff at his number at that when you look at his numbers, but put 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 Joe on a on a different team in a you know in, with. A winning team with a different offensive line, and he's he's at he's right there at the top of the. I mean, he led the AFC in rushing last year. He put up the numbers last year when even when they weren't that good. He's he's putting up solid numbers again this year when when they've not been good at all. And he is really dynamic as a receiver as well. So yeah, if you if you just look at 
rushing touchdowns, rushing yards, you might not think he's a top five guy, but I absolutely think he's a top five guy. Any factor in his age. He, he's still just in his third year. He's going to get better. So I would agree those two guys, um, I would put them in the top five at their position. And I, I don't, I don't think AJ Green's even, he may not even be top 10 anymore. And I don't think there's anybody else on this team I would even, I, I, I might have to think about it hard, but right off the top of my head, I don't think there's another guy that would even be top 10 at his position. Yeah, to go all the way to 10, I mean, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so either. Um, I think, I think Gino is a mid-level defensive tackle at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, in outside of him, who else are we, who else are we talking about? I mean, William Jackson is in the top 10 corner. We know that much. His, no, his regression, his, his regression this year has, has, and maybe not even aggression, but maybe his, his plateau, but he, he needed to be better and, and that, that's been concerning. Um, I, that's it. That, that and that's maybe the problem. Maybe Kevin right? Huber. <laughs> yeah, maybe Kevin Huber. You're right. I Seriously, yeah. I mean, yeah. Huber, Brandon Wilson as a returner. These are, but these are not right. positions that these are not prominent game changing positions. So that, this kind of transition transitions us into a top five. I have a top five, and I have sort of a next tier honorable mentions of others in the conversation. So. My top five, as I mentioned earlier, includes two guys that have never taken a snap in the NFL. I'm including Joe Burrow in this at this point. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> I, I know they haven't taken him, I, I, but I mean, if you, who's your core five for the future? I'm, I'm under the assumption that you take Joe Burrow. He's in your core five. Like he, he, he's probably should be number one. You're gonna, you're building around him. Uh, you're hoping that he's gonna be that guy. Uh, I have Jonah Williams in there. I have I have Joe Burrow at I have Boyd one Burrow two I have Jonah Williams at five, um, but I'm not, I'm not ranking them. They're all I'm, I guess I'm ranking them, but it's sort of more along the lines of all these guys are in one upper tier, um, because that is that is your core your 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 core and your future is unfortunately based around guys that have never played because they're the only hope you have because the other guys that you've seen play are not necessarily building block pieces. They're they're complementary pieces. You have some complementary pieces there, and, may, and they'll get deals probably. But as far as, like, this is where we need it needs to start, it needs to start with guys that haven't played in the league before, your top picks. So do you have Joe Mixon in your top five because we all know what – Second contracts for running backs. I mean, it's he's here next year, but is he is he well, a guy you build around going uh, forward I do. beyond? Next I do, year? and I didn't yeah. before, and I didn't before. But the, it goes back to something that we've said when we've talked a lot about who's going to get deals and who's going to get extensions. They just don't have anybody else of that talent. Like when you have so few blue chip players, when you have so few top five, top ten talents, even if it's at a position of lesser value, like Joe Mixon's is. You've just got to hold on to them because you don't have enough game changing players and you've got some, you need to build around somebody. And I, and this is the opposite of what I've thought and has, would be my own personal philosophy for building a roster. But you also have to be able to be flexible with that and understand that, you know, this situation calls for something a little different than what maybe you'd even prefer. I would prefer to have a lot of other players at uh, different positions that I would want to keep and build around. But they don't have that. So you've got to build around the best players you have, even if it's not at a position 
uh, that you value as much. So I have Mixon and I have Sam Hubbard at, in there. Yeah, at, at, I had top Hubbard five. too. And, and just because I just think Hubbard is he the way he plays. I'm taking that into account too. Is what we hear them preach about the type of player they want, the, the the type of the way they want guys to play, that relentless nature, that intensity, the you know what all that stuff, the toughness, whatever. Sam plays with that as much as anybody you'll you'll see out there, and Tyler Boyd plays with that. Joe Mixon plays with that. That's why I have those guys on this list, at the top of this list, and you hope that Jonah Williams and Joe Burrow will play with that. Um, by all accounts, they do from the reports that you hear from the way they were in college. But if you do, then you have a core five of talented players who play the game the way that you absolutely want them to play. And, and that's important. And they're all young. So you can build around that. There's it's All of the 30-somethings are taken out. Now, I took A.J. Green out of this because he's a yeah. wild card to me. I, I'm, I just, I, I'm not counting him in this. If he was, if they sign him to a long-term deal, he's in this five. But I, I, we don't we don't know how that's going to work out yet. So I'm putting him in a separate unknown category. What do you What do you have? Yeah. Do you have anybody? Did would you have different players in there? Because I've got a different second tier here that I you could definitely make some arguments for. Well, I when we did this before, I had Jesse Bates in there instead of Sam Hubbard, and I, I just I think Jesse's another one that has either plateaued or regressed in in turn. I mean, it, he had. Uh, is, he showed a lot of great ball skills last year and, and seemed to come up with some interceptions and was always around the ball. You haven't seen that as much this year. He's also looked really bad tackling. He was surprisingly good last year as a tackler, and he's he's really taken a step backward. Some of those those ridiculous runs uh, that Lamar Jackson had were at his expense. There was there was one on Sunday that that he just got juked out. So I, I'm, I dropped him out of there. Um, I, I was I didn't know what the qualifications were, so if we're including Joe Burrow, then yeah, he's on there. I had AJ Green in there instead of Joe Burrow just because of who AJ Green is. But you're right if it, if they put him on the the franchise tag, he plays the one year. There's no way he's coming back after that one year. Second tier guy, I, I really thought long and hard about Carl Lawson. He's made such a difference uh, since he he came back. Uh, what he what he brings off of the edge. Um, they, they, I mean, we all know how important edge rushers are with everybody even considering taking Chase Young over Joe Burrow. If, if you've got Sam Hubbard and Carl Lawson going forward, I, I think that's, that's a great building block to go around. I, I'm not ready to put Carl in, in the top five yet. I, I'm basically, I've got the same five you do as the core five with Burrow, Jonah, Boyd, Mixon, and Hubbard. But, um, I think Lawson is right there at the top of of the second tier, and I didn't I didn't actually write down a second tier, um, but I, I I would still I'll drop Jesse Bates into that um, just because I I don't know how much longer Sean's going to play, and they they need to they need to have some sort of continuity there on defense, and and I think he's probably the the best young guy to to try to build around. I mean, it is just his second year. He's 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 still got time to improve, um, so that that's where I would stand. Second tier guys, I, John Ross. I don't know. It it it, it doesn't feel no like way. he's he's a guy you build around. He's a guy that could be a weapon if he ever gets it figured out. 
but it just it doesn't he doesn't feel like a guy you can count on. Um, and we saw that Sunday, lots of targets, not a lot of catches. No, no, you can't build around. He's not. He's not even in my tier. I won't even throw around him. <laughs> Let me see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I, my second tier. I have Bates in the second tier. I have Sean Williams in the second tier. Going back to the way they want guys to play, I don't. Sean Sean's in the second tier because he's not as good. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he, he has too many mistakes, whether it be missed tackles or whatever, but leadership, energy, toughness. Um, I mean, he, he, he really is, it matters to him. I mean, he, he's got all of that stuff and he plays, he plays okay. And I, I think yeah. some people are more down on Sean Williams than I am. I, you know, I, I like a lot of the way he plays, but I think as far as that position, I'm totally comfortable with Jesse Bates and Sean Williams as, as part of part of your course for the next couple of years. Trey Hopkins is in my next tier, and I considered him for for the top five, but you know he's not going to go in some of those other guys. I, I I really like Trey. I think he's he should be one of the top of their offseason priority of their own free agents. Um, you know he's played well. He's super intelligent. We know how the center can keep the entire line together. He's earned it. You know, a guy that's come up the way he has and earned it. You, you, you love that, um, and I, I think he can be the guy that keeps that line together for a long time. And Lord knows they need that. Um, so I, I have Trey Hopkins in there. I have William Jackson the third in there for the level of could be, would be so close talent. I don't necessarily like the way he plays as much, and certainly he has to get better with the ball in the air. Like he just needs to spend his whole off season working on that. He can. That's not even against the CBA rules. Like, just work <laughs> on people throwing at you down the field. I, he he just has struggled so ma- badly with that. Here's the crazy stat. Darius Phillips has 38 cover, pass coverage snaps this year and has more interceptions and passes defensed than William Jackson III. That's 38 Total coverage snaps this year for Darius Phillips, and he has more PBUs and more interceptions, two and four, than William Jackson's one and three. Darius Phillips has only had he, he's had, he's been thrown at six times, only allowed one completion for six yards. How about that? How about we see more of Darius Phillips? Huh? Wow! Like what a thought. Maybe we see less of BW Webb for once. Like I have, how many times do you need to see that dude get whipped? Or fall or tossed, like until you're like, hey, may, hey, hey, maybe the guy that keeps intercepting the ball and not allowing completions get a shot, right? So I'm, hopefully on Sunday with William Jackson out, we'll see Darius Phillips as a starter. Maybe um, this is the game to do that. This yeah, now you've got the number one pick wrapped up. I know they want to win. I know Zach wants a home win. He wants a division win. Great, but they. They they laid the template last week by looking at Fred Johnson. It's time to start looking at some guys and, and see what what maybe you have in them. And I don't know the I don't get the commitment to BW Webb. I I know he played with Lou in New York and they paid money for him, uh, signed him before they signed Darquez. But it's just he he has he's not been good all year. Um, 
I, I was looking up. I was just curious because remember last year Bobby Hart had all those penalties, and I was I was just curious I, who was the team leader in penalties this year. And it's Bobby Hart again, but he's he's cut him in half. He had 13 <laughs> last year. Yeah. He has seven this year. BW, BW Webb has five. And an interesting note about that, because uh, I was thinking about Trey Hopkins too, about but how how much he means, and he is one of two offensive linemen in the league with at least a thousand snaps and one or fewer penalties. The only other one is New England's Joe Tooney from right up the road in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, he has zero penalties. They're both over a thousand snaps. Even if you drop that down to 800 snaps, there's only five guys. So that's impressive. I'm trying to remember when Trey's penalty, I think it was recent. I think he had a false start, but he's not been beat on any holding calls. He's, he has really been solid and a surprise. And he may, he may be the cause that for Billy Price to to move on, but I, I think they've they've really found something there. That that is one of the few things that went really right this year, um, settling on Trey early and just sticking him in there as a center and riding with him all year. The running game, part of why it turned around was they started utilizing him as a puller more often, and he was yeah. really dynamic, dynamic out to get out there and and make some contact and be fast enough to do it. I mean that, you know, really the more they've utilized him and put on his plate, the better it's been. So yeah, I, that's kind of my grouping. And then you have the AJ. What we'll see, and um, and, and maybe he's in that mix, but you know. That's not enough. <laughs> no. It's just it's just it can't be this hard to find five. You need to be having you need you need to have ten that you view in your top tier. Eight to ten in your top tier. And and that's where it's on them to whether it's finding a guy in free agency or, you know, hitting on some picks. Um but the thing is, we've already assumed they hit on a pick on their number one pick. Uh, they need to go get more picks, and that's part of part of it too. And we'll get into all of that as we get into the off season stuff. I want to take a quick break and just talk to you about how you're dealing with your Bengals get to number one pick hangover. You, you know, you you drank every bottle of champagne in the greater Cincinnati area. You downed a bottle of bourbon. You're feeling terrible, and you you can't leave the house. Guess what? DoorDash is an answer for you. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in the city, and ordering is easy. You just open the app, you choose what you want to eat, and your food is delivered right to you wherever you are, even when you're just in your sweatpants still recovering from your number one pick, Burrow Bender. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code GROWLIN. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code GROWLIN. Don't forget, that's promo code GROWLIN for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Um, let's give out some gifts, right? Yes. It's Christmas. Tis the season. Tis the season for gift giving. So we're here to give out some gifts I've got a few under my tree. You've got a few under your tree. For Jay, let's let you go first. Um, who would who would you like to give your first gift to? Um, I'm I'm not giving any to any players. I'm going front office personnel and otherwise. My first one, and many Bengal fans may not be familiar with this this guy, so to speak, Rusty Guy, the Bengals head of security. Oh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give him. 
it's a, it's a slash Christmas slash retirement gift. He's done. Uh, he's retiring after this year, so this will be his last game on Sunday. I'm giving him a Screen Actors Guild card because <laughs> <laughs> number one, he's hilarious. He he's just got the driest. But most funny, he's so funny with that sense, that dry sense of humor. And if ever, I'm sure everybody's listened to it, the the tape that Jay Glazer put out there of what happened in the press box in Cleveland, and, and when the guy that that was filming it says, "Oh, we could just delete it," and you hear someone laugh, <laughs> the damage been done, my friend. That's Rusty Guy. <laughs> it, it almost sounds like. It sounds like he's getting ready to pull out a gun and cap him in a mob movie. It was just that that was my favorite part of that whole that whole video that Jay Glazer released. And that's what that's what I'm doing. I want to see Rusty go into acting. Yes. Yes. You know what? He he would be there's a lot of parts that you could carve out for <laughs> for Rusty. There's no doubt about that. I he I could I mean, really, you're right. I mean, the mob thing, you I could see him in a lot of in in some mob, but really any any sort of like you know quiet comedy tough guy like he's got yeah. that he's got that feel I I love it that and every almost every movie has one of those guys so I'm saying Rusty's their guy I like it uh, okay my gift my first gift is to um, Bengals quarterback Andy Dalton who spends so much time giving he deserves a gift my gift to Andy Dalton is a trade to the Chicago Bears. It's the perfect spot for him. He can go there, beat out Mitch Trubisky or let Mitch Trubisky beat out himself and play with some talented players with a talented defense and, you know, a, a, a guy with Matt Nagy that's had some success as a head coach too, getting an offense going and be this next year's Ryan Tannehill in Chicago, a great place to play. And a place that hasn't seen a good quarterback in ages. The bar will be low, my friend. <laughs> it is uh, to me. I think it's the perfect scenario for Andy Dalton to end up playing out the last year of this contract uh, on a, in a, with a trade to Chicago and eventually being the Bears' quarterback next year. That's my gift to Andy Dalton. And he. Before that happens, give him a standing ovation walking out of Paul Brown Stadium on Sunday. Yeah, let him go I, out on top. That would yeah, be ideal. You're right. I mean, this that's to me that's kind of what Sunday is going to be about. It's going to be about Andy Dalton's last game, a guy who won so many games uh, in that building, and maybe it wasn't enough, and maybe not enough of them came in January. But, um, you know, it's going to be. I'm sure an emotional day for him with the uncertainty of his future. Um, and it's a shame because of the circumstances, like you can't do anything official, but like they did stuff with Eli, you know, like the right, when the writing's kind of on the, the only thing is the writing's not as on the wall, you know, it's, yeah, there's, there's, there's still uncertainty. Um, but I think, I do think that fans should embrace it. Uh, and, and give him his his official appreciative send off. Yeah, that, that, I, th- I think everybody would enjoy seeing that. And if it doesn't work out, if he does come back, it's not like you have to feel bad that you you know you celebrated or you said goodbye too soon. I know a lot of fans don't want him back, but 
you know, if, if something happens where he's here for another year just to kind of mentor Joe Burrow or whatever the situation is, it, even though it's not a done deal, I still think he deserves to, to kind of experience that on Sunday. Yeah. So my uh, next one. What's your next gift? All right. It's, it's kind of a – it's like the equivalent of an Amex black card. It's a, it's an unlimited free agency card for Duke Tobin. Just, <laughs> just let him go hog wild. Let him do whatever he wants. Take the reins off. They they need to do it. And he, he's kind of at a crossroads. He had all those good drafts early. They, they've not been so good late. Um, this, this could be a big offseason for him in, in, in terms of, just what what he means to this franchise, to his, his I don't want to say reputation, but just the way that he's director of player personnel, and, and this roster is not very good, and a lot of that is on him, and, and he could turn that around with a big free agency um, period this offseason, and I know the Bengals don't like to do it. We talked about it in the walkout, but they're going to have so much money with clearing contracts. Just give him free reign. To, to go out, well, obviously there is a limit because there's a salary cap, but let him let let him be limited by league numbers, not by organization numbers. Indeed, uh, that plays directly into my second gift. My second gift is for Lou Anarumo. I'm giving him a freaking linebacker, a good one, just one. <laughs> Well, I'm starting with one. <laughs> starting with one. Potentially, I, I mean, I, can I give him two? Is that considered two gifts? We were just get, I, I, I would love to give him two linebackers. Uh, I'm definitely a giving him A pair of linebackers. One. That sounds like one gift. Yeah. yeah, we could do 12, 12 days of Bengals Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two decent linebackers. <laughs> Maybe more than one win. <laughs> That's what we. This is what we should have done. This should have been our Christmas trophy. Yeah, this is what we should have done. We should have done the twelve days of Bengals Christmas. Um, so that's that. So yeah, two decent linebackers uh, for for Lou Anaruma. What do you what do you what do you got next? What's your last gift? All right, it's not going to sound like much, but we've talked about my aversion to these things in the past. I'm just going to give Zach Taylor a hug. Oh my God! Poor guy. That's literally what I had. You got to be kidding! <laughs> really? That is, I literally have Zach Taylor hug right in front of me. We're both gonna. So we're both gonna give him a hug. <laughs> he needs a group. That might hug. be a little right. much. He, no, he needs a group hug at this point. I mean, he's been through so much this year, and and <laughs> he the the way he's handled himself. I mean, with us particularly, but you know, with the team. I mean. When I did that story back when he was 0-5 about advice that other great coaches that started 0-5 would give, and, and they all talked about stick with your system, believe in your system, don't waver, and he's done that. He He's not gone crazy and, and tried to change everything because things weren't working out. He, he, he stayed true to what he wants to do, stayed true to the 11 personnel. Yeah, they kind of changed the running game, but that that's a minor tweak. That's not a rip-up in the, the big picture sense of it. And there's just from the Cordy Glenn situation to the AJ Green situation to the benching Andy Dalton and then going back to Dalton. Everything that could have gone wrong this year has gone wrong. He's kept a positive face. He's he's been great with us. And uh I just yeah, 
just give him a hug and and say on to twenty twenty. I like that. Well, I had I have another gift that I was gonna give, so I'll go ahead and do that since since that was all kind of the the, the group hug was gonna be another one uh, <laughs> that I was gonna give Zach Taylor. I, I somebody on the Bengals has been writing Santa uh, since August, asking for the same thing over and over again, and Santa's like, "Man, I am getting so many letters from one Paul Brown Stadium, from one person. What do they want? This one thing so bad." And it's from a man named Cordy, and he's been writing for his release to a different team or into the wild uh, for a long time. So Cordy Glenn, uh, for for Christmas, he finally gets what he so long wanted, and that is his release from Cincinnati to go somewhere anywhere else. And if that's home, if that's to another team, whatever it is, here you go. Here's the gift that you've been writing for so much this year. Uh, so congratulations to, to everybody that's received gifts here. It's tis the season of giving. Uh, I wanted right. to get. I wanted to get, do a run passer boot with you. With I had some gifts for you that. Let's do it. Go let's go. Let's go run. Let's go run passer boot. How we how we do our jobs. I think all three of these would would be a big help for a sports writer. So the the first one is a free or a, a, a not a free but a reliable transcribing device something that will every interview you do it'll automatically transcribe it uh you don't have to take the time to do it it, it it's going to get the names right it's, it's just going to spell everything out for you big time saver the other one is a hyperspace button like the old asteroids game for every road trip you just you just show up in the city and then you're right back home no airports oh. no flooded airports no changing oh. flights um, no 6 a.m. Yeah. flights. Record flooding at the Fort Lauderdale Airport, by the way, on Monday. Not the best when you're at the uh, Fort Lauderdale Airport Marriott with a 5 a.m. flight. And the guy runs the shuttle. They literally say, yeah, they just told the guy who runs the shuttle to the airport just not to come back anymore. <laughs> you just can't get in and they're just <laughs> trying to get down. Yeah, that's a, that's that, that that this recency bias might help this run passer boot. What's the last one? The, the last one is a fail-proof bullshit detector so that whenever you're talking to a player, a coach, a front office exec, whoever it is, it starts beeping in your ear when you know that they're they're lying to you. Wow. Those are three great gifts. Um, wow. You know what? I will take... I'm going to boot the hyperspace button road trip just because I'll just be more – I'll be better about direct flights and just take my chances <laughs> a little bit more. Like it's a little bit of a pain, but it's not as big of a pain as transcribing or being lied to. So I'll I'll boot that. I'm going to run – oh, that's really hard. I'm going to run with the fail-proof BS detector because that way I would have something that no one else has. Like other people can transcribe or they could hire somebody to transcribe. But nobody else, as far as I know, unless they're just giving these out everywhere in this fictional world, (laughs) has a fail-proof BS detector. So I have an advantage. So I'll take take the fail-proof BS detector. I will pass on the transcribing device, though I want it so badly. 
um, and I will boot the, the hyperspace road trip button. Which which would you do the same, or do you have different? Um, I I would I would run with the BS detector. I would I w- I would pass on the hyperspace travel. Just the older I get, the more of a hassle the travel is. Um, I would boot the free transcribing device or the transcribing device just because it feels like we're getting there. They're, they're, they get a little bit better every year. And it, it yeah. seems like that's, it's going to be out there before too long. Um, there's, there's an app out there right now that will actually, uh, transcribe in real time as you're doing the interview. And it's, it's not great, but it, it's enough that you kind of gives you a, like a, a frame to go back to and you can clean up certain little things. So it feels like we're getting close on that. I, I'll boot that, but I'm the same way. I'm, I'm running with the BS detector. I know that's kind of part of your job to, to be able to decipher when people are telling you the truth and aren't, but there, there's a lot of really good liars out there. there. Not, you know, not, <laughs> not, not just in the Bengals organization, you know, any, any interview you do. Um, so that, that would be, and you, I loved your point too. I didn't think about that, but, being the only person to have that would be a huge advantage. Yeah. Well, and it's not just that. It's that everyone that comes up, players, coaches now, this group of young coaches, even some of the execs that are, are that, that come from, you know, the business world or whatever, everybody is so trained in and PR savvy and understanding of their own images and the, and the, and what can happen if they say or do the wrong things. You just get so few people that really shoot you straight and are unfiltered anymore. I mean, people really, I mean, it's I mean, the most amazing at, uh, example of this will be in a couple of months when we go to the combine. These guys mm-hmm. are so perfectly trained on what to say and how to say it. I mean, it, they, everything they do is like they're in the middle of a job interview trying to say the right things, you know? I mean, you know. My only flaw is that I uh, am probably try to be too perfect, you know. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they, you know, everybody has the perfect answer for everything, and so uh, it's it does it, it creates this whole world of you don't you really can't trust anybody, even the people that are a little bit more genuine. So, yeah, I'm with you. That's that's a good conversation. We should uh, we'll have to drop that into the media room this week. Uh, Bengals run past or boot before we go uh, on Sunday. What happens first? Yes. Tyler Boyd crosses a thousand yards receiving. Mixon gets a thousand yards rushing, or Huber punts twice. Uh, Boyd is close. Boyd is uh, thirteen away, and Mixon is twenty-five yards away. Right? I believe I have those numbers right. right. Once they yep. cross, by the way, they will become only the second receiver running back duo in Bengals history to have a thousand yards. In back-to-back seasons, the only other to do it is my two Johnsons, Rudy and Chad, three straight seasons from 04 to 06. Um, so, who do you? Uh, what do you? What do you got in that run, Pester Boot? Um, I I think it's going to be Tyler Boyd. I, I I think we saw them come out against New England and just run, run, run. Um, Maybe they do that again with Joe, but I, I think more than likely, you know, it could just, it's going to take, even if Joe is, hits his average of, you know, four, four yards per carry, it's going to take him seven to cross 25. 
whereas Tyler could do it in one catch. Um, and it, I, I'm going to rule out the the Huber punts twice thing just because there's the you you've got the factor of there could be a touchdown or a turnover. I think turnovers are probably more likely. So I'm going to boot the Huber punts twice thing. Uh, I will run with Tyler Boyd. I'll pass on Joe Mixon and boot Kevin Huber punting twice before either thing happens. Yeah, I, I do. I agree. I think both will happen uh, fairly quickly. I'm, I have the same. I'll have the exact same uh, setup as you do. Um, all right. Well, that kind of uh, wraps us up. We will. We will have our Thursday bonus pod. Uh, this week, later this week, we will uh, talk to Zach Jackson about. I really am excited to hear from Zach about the. Browns. I can't wait. <laughs> They've turned into everything we thought they would be this year, uh, and I mean, the video of the fan uh, flipping off and f bombing Baker Mayfield <laughs> as Baker so he throws his arms up at him while they're getting booed. It's just then Odell Beckham again yelling at Freddie Kitchens. They're pretty much, I, I believe their podcast, the last one was titled, it. Is There Any Reason Freddie Should Stay? <laughs> I think they've reached that part of the program up there. Uh, so we'll have Zach uh, on the pod, which will be great. We'll preview this final weekend of the season and kind of we'll start the process of looking forward um, into what's going to happen next. All of that uh, will be coming your way. That, again, is that is on the athletic only. So if you're not a subscriber... Uh, you need to be a subscriber to listen to that episode uh, or to read all of our stuff. Highly recommend. Hey, there's still time. You're sitting here and you're like, man, it's 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 Christmas morning. Um, I don't have a gift for my parents tonight. What am I going to do? Get a gift subscription to The Athletic. It's it Just go right to our site. You, the gift subscription is still right there. Boom. And you give for $3 a month. You get the best writing and podcasts you can find anywhere in this country. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of stories from all the best writers. We're here for you. So give that, give that gift. If you need a gift and you just, everything's closed. We're not closed here for you. Open, give the gift of the athletic. Um, and you can listen to Jay and I on Thursday, which is great. Uh, Thanks to everybody uh, that's been listening throughout the year. Always great to hear from you, whether it be on Twitter or when we see you on the road or wherever. Uh, when you put in Bengals Growler bets, um, thanks everybody for listening and, and following along. Merry Christmas to you and yours. I hope it is a great Christmas for you. And again, we'll be back on Thursday. Jay, and to our producer Chris, Merry Christmas to you guys. And uh, I look forward to all of us reconvening on the on the flip side. Have a good one. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.